Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. And welcome to the Worthy in Love podcast tour. It's put together by Veronica Grant, who you remember from last week's episode, episode 161, where we discussed how to truly love your body, feel comfortable in your own skin, and step into dating with confidence at any size. When Veronica approached me about joining the tour, I honestly wasn't sure because I thought, first of all, what is a podcast tour? And second of all, who are these other podcast hosts? I don't know their story. I don't know their background. I don't know what they're about. And certainly, and most importantly, I don't know their philosophy on love and life. And as you know, I'm very protective of my audience and my community because there's a lot of rhetoric out there in the dating space and the relationship space that I don't agree with. But once I got to know Veronica and saw the list of other participants, including Ken Page, author of Deeper Dating, who you know I adore and who has appeared in my podcast in episode 63, I felt confident that participating in this tour would benefit all of us as we contemplate how to actually feel worthy in love and perhaps most significantly worthy of love. So if you'd like to participate, be sure to head over to veronicagrant.com slash pod tour. And there you can get on the email list to be notified as to where to go to hear each of the 12 podcasts that are participating. This episode is number three in the tour. So we're just getting started. And if you want to catch up, check out yesterday's episode with Sandy Weiner of Last First Date Radio. And then tomorrow's episode will be with Madeline Charles of the Irresistible Woman podcast. So you regular listeners of Love and Life know that I love to bring in psych research all the time for all the things. The mission of Love and Life is to provide conversations grounded in psych research to help us thrive in love and life. So as I was thinking about feeling worthy in love, worthy of love. Of course, I did a little digging to see what kind of research was out there. And I found a study that asked people various questions about themselves, how they felt about themselves, how they felt about their relationships, how they felt about others in their lives. So a self-report measure where people just answered questions about their relationship with themselves and others. And it was interesting to find that people who acknowledge that they don't feel worthy of love also tend to struggle in other realms regarding self-esteem, self-concept, and their belief in what is possible for them as individuals in life. Let me give you just a couple highlights from this study I found. So 68% of people who feel unworthy of love also admit they don't like themselves. That's compared to only 6% of people who believe they are worthy of love stating that they don't like themselves. 62% of people who feel unworthy in love also say they believe they're boring and uninteresting compared to only 14% of people who believe they're worthy of love stating that they believe they're boring and uninteresting. And 70% of people who believe they're unworthy of love feel they aren't good enough for anyone. 
compared to 16% of people who state that they do feel worthy of love. And there were many more statements like this, which really speaks to the reality that if we don't feel worthy of love, it's a global concern. It's not just going to play out in our romantic relationships. It's going to play out in our self-concept, our self-esteem, how we relate to coworkers, to friends, to family members. So this topic is weighty and meaningful. And I want to quote from the psychologist who conducted the study. She had some poignant statements about feeling worthy of love. The study was conducted by Ilona Jarabek, and she says, Believing that we deserve love begins with one crucial factor, a healthy degree of self-love and a strong sense of self-worth. Without these, finding someone to truly love us just the way we are will be impossible. Once you start to treat yourself with love and respect, others will follow suit. You won't abide by mistreatment. You won't want to be around people who set conditions on their love, who want you to change to fit their expectations. You will set healthy, reasonable boundaries. You will be filled with such an abundance of self-love that love from others will simply be an added bonus. Doesn't that just sum it up? And to flesh it out even more, I've invited psychotherapist and love and life fan favorite Elliot Anderson back to the program to help me unpack this most important construct, this critical element, the foundation upon which our entire lives are built, whether or not we feel worthy of love. And for those of you who are new to Love and Life and new to my brother, Elliot Anderson, he's worked with couples for 30 years and specializes in premarital and marital counseling. He helps couples become the best version of themselves as individuals and as partners. Like I said, he's a fan favorite and Love and Life listeners have heard him before talking about the subconscious beliefs that might be sabotaging our love lives. And that's in episode 76. He joined us again in episode 125 talking about the father wound and how that plays out in our dating and relationships. He followed that up with talking about the mother wound and the differences we might experience based on a mother wound versus a father wound in episode 127. And then based on some of the questions I kept receiving, I asked him to come again to talk about why so many men are so passive in relationships. And he addressed that in episode 144. My interview with psychotherapist Elliot Anderson about how to actually feel worthy in love right after this. Have you heard? You can now listen to my book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. As you know, I wrote the book I wish had been available to me when I was single. So obviously, it's not about how to snag a man. Rather, it's all about how to stay strong amidst single shaming and remain true to yourself and never settle for anything less than an extraordinary relationship. Find it on Audible or iTunes. And for a free sample, check out Chapter 11 of Single is the New Black in Episode 145 of Love and Life. 
Elliot, welcome to the program. Thanks. Glad to be back. So as I was preparing for this, your name just kept coming to mind. And I think that that is no mistake because I think that you and your work and your experience with couples for 30 years of understanding relationship dynamics and how that feeling of worth, whether we have that internally, whether we have that foundation of knowing that we're worthy of love, whether that's in place or not, you can absolutely see it play out into the dating process in general and certainly once we're coupled up in those dynamics. So I wanted you to share a little bit when you think of how to actually feel worthy in love, where does where do, where do you, where does your mind go? What sorts of thoughts do you have based on all the work that you've done over the years? It goes immediately to our values, uh, values that we create. Some of those are passed down through our faith. Some are passed down through our family, some through friendships and activities, organizations, things we belong to. But ultimately, it comes down to our personal values. And are we able to live those values out in a way that's authentic and genuine and holistic? And that actually produces some positive movements in our life. Some of us have a strong relationship with God and we feel a lot of worth, know that we're made in his image and how he loves us so much he sent his son to die for us. So that's a tremendous amount of worth in the faith spectrum right away. Some of us, like you and I, had fantastic parents who valued us and loved us and affirmed us and grew us even when we were knuckleheads and (laughs) helped us become who we are. That's another tremendous amount of worth. And then the friendships you have. Do you have these longevity friendships that uh, create an affirmation of self, not acceptance of everything that's good, bad, or indifferent, but just an understanding of affirming you for who you are. And, and, and when we put the context of worth, often we do it in a comparative basis or we do it in a way of, am I validated by somebody else in the dating relationship? Well, I don't feel worth as a boyfriend if my girlfriend doesn't think I'm awesome. And that's a unending anxiousness that you can't completely satisfy. And so I talk with couples all the time about building a couple worth but that couple worth comes out of the individual worth first. I love it because you're basically saying, making a connection between how I value myself, which is obviously whether or not I feel worthy of love, is also related to my values. And that this is something that we can demonstrate, not just in, ro- in the romantic realm, but also in friendships, family relationships, relationships with coworkers, all of our relationships. Yeah, they're all tied together. We can't have worth in one sphere of our life and not have worth in other because then we have the incongruency for Rogerian here, we, we have the concept of a kind of a, a disparity in ourselves and, and that will come out in our relationships. And so uh, I just talked with a couple last week where the young lady had kind of compromised part of her values and her associations and kind of her methodology of healthy living in order to gain this boyfriend in this relationship. And soon after she did, though the couple now had worth together, they had this unity, she started to feel bored and restless and angry. And it wasn't in him. It was at herself because Mm. she had done something outside of her value base, outside of her value system to create something she thought would fulfill her. And instead, because she went outside of herself, it disappointed her. So again, the values, she set her values, her personal values aside to get the love she wanted, to get the relationship. So she put her values aside to feel essentially what she wanted to feel, which is I want to feel like I'm worthy of love and I'll do that by entering into this partnership. And then pretty quickly started to have almost self-loathing because she recognized she was being, like you said, incongruent with her true authenticity and realizing that wasn't worth it. Yeah, she's actually disappointed in self. Uh, Her boyfriend actually improved in certain 
uh, contextual framework and how he treated her even because he felt secure because she had mm-hmm. altered and changed a little bit. But then she gets caught in this trap of now when you're outside of her values, now I have to please in a certain way that doesn't please me. And, and so that creates this lack of worth and self, even if the relationship has some positive context in it. Well, because ultimately she realized I was only worthy when I changed who I yes. am. Yeah, And that's not lasting. Or if it is, it's going to split your soul. Yeah. That's, I think that's really hitting at the heart of it. And I think when we look at our own relationship patterns and our history, I think many of us can admit that when we stepped out of our authenticity in order to get someone, to get the relationship, to get the guy, we've ultimately felt so out of step with ourselves that it's not satisfying, like you said. So it's, it's this cycle of I'm trying to get something that I want to feel worthy, but we have to start with ourselves. And as you put it, we may have that foundation if we were blessed with a strong family that was able to build into us. So we had that foundation of feeling worthy and we can get that from obviously our relationship from God. But what about someone who doesn't have that? Who's like, Hey, Elliot, I you know, wasn't raised with any kind of faith background. So I didn't know that God loved me. I'm, I may be open to that knowledge now, but I don't have that foundation in place. I don't I haven't internalized that. And my parents, they were kind of a disaster. It was chaotic family. There was a lot of dysfunction. There was a lot of abuse, emotional or physical, all of the above. Where do we go from there then to truly feel worthy of love? Yeah, it's a long process. And as we talked about on the father wounds episode and the mother wounds episode, there there is realities of our family of origin and trauma recovery we could have had to go through or are currently going through which is going to make this a much more delicate dance. And I'm certainly one for self-acceptance and self-love, but we're talking about something a little different than that. The self-worth is a greater holistic measure. It's not just saying that uh, I accept who I am, my good parts, my bad parts, my neutral parts. Um, it's an affirmation of self, an affirmation that I am worth living, that I am worth relationship, I am worth work and career and all these things. And, and so I know sometimes when we do these podcasts, I think, man, if someone doesn't have a general sense of self-awareness, this must be really hard to integrate, but it is yeah. super important. So I have another couple, for example, where uh, a, a very strong Christian conservative couple that really had set some parameters for their relationship sexually, and they crossed them and broke them and continue to do so to the point where they almost broke up. And, and recognized and came to see me and get some counsel about this process and, and rec- recognized that because they had each kind of set this value and then broke it for themselves, they created a tension there that neither of them felt appropriate about, felt good about, and even though they'd asked forgiveness and felt freedom from the Lord in that and freedom from each other, all of a sudden for the first time in their history, their relationship was on unsteady ground. That's that whole affirmation of self and, and the individual values, the individual pieces of that relationship and how once they start to become in a oneness, then the couple worth has a separate identity than the individual worth. So it is a complicated process. And it speaks to, again, like you said, the values, because they cross the, their individual values, the values that they had established as a couple. And so I re- we really can't overstate the importance of values clarification, understanding that values motivate everything, your belief system, your behavior, And we should probably delve into that deeper in another podcast episode at some point. I do a value exercise with my premarital couples and early marital couples that takes like 12 substantial values, things like uh, sex and sleep and rest and entertainment and family and faith. 
And it puts them in a comparative situation because some of the research on values is that it's not just having them, it's that what's the tension between those values? The most important one I found to have poignancy in my relationship couple counseling is time versus money. So what does the couple value more? Is it the time piece and how much time something takes in that investment or is the financial possible gain or financial cost? And so I think the exact same thing is true when we're talking about our personal worth and our spouses or girlfriend, boyfriend, personal worth. And how does that align in these other value choices? So it's fascinating. So they take these 12 values and they rank them in order. Mm-hmm. And often the couples are pretty similar, but then you take those same 12 and put them head to head against someone. Sleep and sex is another one that gets some pretty interesting answers. <laughs> and, and it's not just the guys who sometimes, um, I mean, it's not just the girls who sometimes take sleep over sex, but they both valued sex high. But then if you put it in a comparative measure of that value, okay, I'm super tired. I got to teach kids the next day. I'm going to value sleep at that moment. And so then it brings the whole value question into a different element that I think ultimately ties back into our worth and esteem and acceptance. Well, and that reminds me of something that what you just said, and then also back to the first example you gave, we know to be in a relationship, to be in partnership, there's going to be compromises made. And of course we want to do that. That's an act of love. It's a gesture of service to the relationship that takes these two independent people and that interdependence that you speak of. But, Sometimes I think women in particular, getting back to this notion, if I don't feel worthy of love in and of myself, I may lose myself in the relationship. I may give too much. I may compromise too much. Again, getting to those values. I may set aside my values. How do we find that delicate balance of being fully authentically ourselves, knowing that we're worthy of love, maintaining those boundaries of distinction of self, but also be truly intimate in our partnership? Yeah, I think we can't have our values determined by somebody else, Mm. but we can have them affirmed. Mm -hmm. And and so we do have to know ourselves in a way that that makes sense and understanding. Again, those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, that helps tremendously because it puts your value automatically as his child, his son or daughter. And when he forgives you for your sins, the redemption and feeling this new life and this new freedom, this new sense of worth, I, I have a reason to live. I have a purpose to live. I have belonging community and all the things that go with that. And so if if you are a Christian and you feel like your worth is validated and affirmed there, firstly, that certainly helps in other categories. But like we talked about earlier, if you don't have a faith background, don't have a relationship, or maybe you, you hate God or atheistic, or if you've had a terrible childhood and have been abused by a parent, that's really difficult. And so you're still going to have to determine your value and your worth through yourself first. And that sounds selfish and humanistic, and it's not. It's really grounding yourself in some capacity so you're not running after different places for value. It's not just love where we do that to try to gain worth. We we can do it through career. We can do it through sex and alcohol and drugs and entertainment or anything, status, ego. And, and none of those things will determine your worth. Mm-hmm. I think your worth is internal. It can be affirmed externally. Mm-hmm. And so one of the scenarios that happens in couples is sometimes someone will affirm your worth but it might not be based on your internals. It might be based on your externals. Mm. And I think uh, women obviously have this more than men, but they get affirmed by their external beauty. And it takes a while to understand, does the guy love me for all of me? Or is it just mm-hmm. one part of me or one context? And it certainly happens both ways. But I think the visual external happens more to women and making sure her worth is based more on just her appeasing physical nature. Yeah, and it just speaks to that validation that if we 
don't have that sense of I deserve love, I am worthy of love, we're going to have an open wound that we will be looking to fill, like you said, through career or could be through an addiction. I mean, there's going to be this void that we're looking to fill. And my concern for anyone on the dating landscape is that if we haven't done exactly what you said, if we haven't found that way to affirm ourselves, and as you've spoken to as well, that we have that inherent sense of worthiness that's God-given, I believe, that whether you acknowledge that there's a God or not, he loves you and you have worth in his eyes, which as Christians, we carry that around with us. It helps us create those boundaries to make sure that our efforts and our drive to connection and partnership is coming from a place of wanting to to be together, to walk through life together, not trying to meet this very massive void to feel validated for my existence and for myself as a person. Great point, Karen. And that's why I'm accentuating that it is totally fine and healthy to have your boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse affirm yeah. your worth and it can grow exponentially because of that. And to recognize and feel that um, component of security and esteem through that, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm but it can't be the only thing Mm -hmm. that gives you worth. Just like your career can't be the only thing Mm -hmm. that gets you worth or, or whatever your collection of antiques or something, whatever it would be. It can't, you can't find your complete worth based on that alone. Well, I love that distinction. I think it's really critical. I've never thought about it quite in that way. The difference between being validated by your partner and being affirmed by your partner. Wanting affirmation is just normal. It's one of the love languages that Dr. Gary Chapman talks about, but to be validated we got to leave that to God (laughs) because that's giving too much power to someone. And if we give that power to someone, then we may be tempted to cross our own values as we've talked about to pull down boundaries because we're so desperate to be validated. And what the affirmation piece, when you say I'm looking for someone to affirm who I am, just the uniqueness of me, it reminds me of what I remember I would say to friends when I was dating. And I hear this from my community as well. Like, I just want someone who gets me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I remember when we, when I was dating, you said one time, you, you said, I want you to have that kind of connection where you feel so comfortable to be fully yourself like you are with your friends, like your guy friends. And you can just be silly, Karen. You can be opinionated, Karen. You can be sassy, Karen. All these different elements that sometimes you didn't see me being as fully expressive in my dating relationships, you were like, I just want you to feel that that utter comfort that you can be fully at home with yourself in this partnership. Yeah, and that builds that couple worth that is sustaining when our own worth takes a hit now and then. And now yeah. we do have this oneness to get reaffirmed by Dan. Right. Hey, that your crazy energy and teaching ability, all those things are of great value, even if a particular audience didn't like it or someone sure. criticized you. That's where the couple affirming is wonderful. But yeah. Dan can't give you that. Yeah. He affirms it. Um, you get it through yourself, your relationship with the Lord, and then interdependently, you create that extra sense of worth together, which is really cool. And it's part of the one flesh unifying aspect. And I know a lot of your listeners are craving that. Yes. I'm working with one of your listeners now, and, and one of the things we're talking about is narrowing down her field of what she's looking for rather than just kind of generically looking out and accepting all kinds of random opportunities based on her values, based on her worth, based on what she knows will be best for her. And she is self-aware and she is understanding. And and we're kind of prescribing a context, not prescribing the man, mm-hmm. but prescribing a context so that she feels free to be fully her in the pursuit and reception of pursuit. And, and that's a really cool process. It takes time, but it's really cool. 
But it just harkens back to values clarification. Absolutely. Right? And, and she'll have a hierarchy of this is what I'm looking for and this is a standard. This is something I can compromise on. This is something I absolutely can't compromise yeah, on. Yeah, we put it's, it in thirds and we yeah. just, we listed out and we ranked all previous boyfriends in those thirds to see who fit where so she could have an idea yeah. in her head experientially. Oh yeah, that's why this one made sense and why it went pretty well. This is why this one was a disaster and had no shot. And right. so it sounds like you're getting so fragmented and structured and overanalyzing. You're not, you're trying to prescribe understanding of value, worth, assessment, and what you truly need. And sort out her history, Absolutely. her dating history. So she recognizes none of those relationships were a waste of time because I can use that. Oh, that part of being with John that felt so affirming. Yes. I, I want that again, but I can't have John's addiction. <laughs> That's that, right. right. That yeah. kind of thing where we can look for the, the dynamics that worked and believe and then really step into that belief, which absolutely. I know is hard when you've been when you've been kicked around. For it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But to believe that that God has someone for you that that embodies all those positives from those past relationships, and that that is available to you, and that you are again worthy of having a partnership. That we have to talk about this at some point in another, another episode, but that really is easy and fluid. Yes. And I say that we have to talk about this because you and Angie, your dynamic is a little bit more, you like to duke it out a little bit more. But, yeah. <laughs> and Dan and I like live a little bit more like easygoing. But, <laughs> yeah. but either which way, it's about believing that the embodiment of what you desire in a partnership is available to you. Absolutely. And for this lady I'm talking about, we did start with family of origin stuff first yeah. because there was some wounding in certain dynamics from siblings and parents that, needed to be deciphered and understood and put into this prescription fragmentation so that you can understand, oh, here's where I'm vulnerable to this piece. Here's where this piece hurts more. And just trying to recognize and understand. It's like a very quick case study mm -hmm. and experiential relationship, which always starts with the God and family first. Mm -hmm. And to make sure that we are not doing what is kind of psych 101, but family systems really fleshed it out, the notion of recapitulating. Yeah those family of origin issues and trying to correct them in our adult relationships. We got to look, and again, you mentioned the mother wound, the father wound episode, and I would encourage anyone who feels that they, as they've explored this concept with us today about whether or not you feel worthy in love, worthy of love, to check back and listen to those episodes because that's going to give you an understanding of where your woundedness may be currently playing out in your adult romantic relationships. And, and pastorally, if I can go in this realm for a minute, I just want any of your listeners who are struggling with this worth to know that God is crazy about all of them. And it says it was for love that God sent his son to die for us. So his love for each of us, the worth that Jesus would go to the cross for any of us, all of us who will profess his name as Lord, is profoundly impactful to recognize that truth and understand that worth and value. That can be a springboard. And people who have a different faith religion, you can still use those components of that worth in that context. Mm -hmm. But it's a beautiful invitation for someone who thinks, you know, maybe my family was okay, but I still feel this sense of I'm not grounded in my worthiness. Yeah. And an uh, invitation to consider what God has for you in that realm. And you and I talk about CBT all the time, but our self-talk is so important when yep. it comes to worth and not calling ourselves a loser and not saying I have no worth to society. I have no purpose. I mean, you can't keep continually telling yourself these things and then expect to feel worthy on a date. Right. with some guy or girl who might be awesome and you go into it in such a negative downtrodden way that you can't possibly give the energy necessary to receive it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as we wrap up, Elliot, I'd like to invite anyone who is interested. Elliot has been connecting with many of you through his consultations and the work he does, some of you in a couple's context, but absolutely singles as well. 
sometimes it feels really great as a woman to get that male perspective. And again, a relationship expert therapist who's worked with couples for years. And so, yes, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com, and you can click on the option to work with Elliot or me. I also offer consultations. Some of you want to talk to a woman who was single until she was 42 and understands what you're struggling with. And so, yeah, so we're, we're trying to offer you some opportunities to dig a little deeper into these concepts and really do some of that work that I don't even like the word work. It is work, but it's such joyous. It's a joyous process of discovering yourself, finding your true authenticity and finding that you are in fact worthy of love. And that's what the therapeutic relationship can be, which is an affirmation. And something else we are rolling out because... Finally, the world is opening up again. Elliot and I are available to come to speak to your organization in any capacity. We'll speak to a small group, a large group. We are so excited to to connect with people in person again. We're both extroverts and we both have experience as speakers. Elliot's a pastor, as you know, and we're both college professors as well. So we love the opportunity to to connect with you and your organization. So let us know. Just hit me up on my website, loveandlifemedia.com. We'd love to get to know you and your group better. And uh, I have been scorned or uh, chewed out for my failure to stay on my Instagram. So I promise listeners, I will get back on it. <laughs> You're real weak over there, Yes, Elliot. we hired a new student. So we have a student's going to help me out. Yay. And so we'll get going on that as well. But I appreciate uh, a lot of Karen's fans that have come on there and even yeah. comment on stuff. So I do appreciate that connection. Let me uh, pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to speak into a subject that is of you and that's worth. And we're uh, so thankful, Lord, that you sent your son to die on the cross, uh, that for each and every one of us, uh, while, you were, while we were sinners yet, Lord, you loved us. And so we're so thankful the worth we can attain through our relationship with you. And Father, there's lots of folks out there, lots of people who are wrestling with their worth, wrestling with their values and understanding who they are and how they are in their relationships. I just pray for blessing, forgiveness when needed, uh, healing from family relationships or past difficult experiences with boyfriends or girlfriends. And uh, would you give them, Lord, a complete, full affirmation of their values and their sense of self and uh, discovering new areas, new understandings, so they can be um, receive and be affirmed in their worth and their values and their love. And if they're looking for marriage in particular, Lord, that you would bring that special man or woman into their lives uh, to create that kind of union and oneness that they long for that is of you. So we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you so much for Karen and her ministry and the other therapists who spoke into this program, and we pray it would be a blessing to all who hear. Amen. Amen. The love and life hack for this week is clarifying and committing to your values grounds and confirms your value, which of course is your foundation and the truth that you are worthy of love. It's been such a pleasure to participate in Veronica Grant's Worthy in Love podcast tour. Don't forget to sign up at veronicagrant.com slash pod tour. Check out yesterday's episode with Sandy Weiner of Last First Date Radio and tomorrow's episode with Madeline Charles of the Irresistible Woman podcast. If you haven't grabbed my Empowered Dating Playbook, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com. The playbook is full of strategies from psych research and psychotherapy to help you date empowered. 
take charge of your thoughts, take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abral. As always, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abram.